0: And good morning. So, uh, I don't have any drones or helicopters or anything like that, but we do have a bit of a roller coaster ride this morning. We're going to fly through um, the Bible all the way from Genesis through to Acts, and um, we're going to try and cover that in half an hour. So, strap in, take a deep breath, and let's see how we go. I actually want to start by mentioning that this is Epiphany Sunday. Um, sorry about that. Um, this is Epiphany Sunday. And you might not know what Epiphany Sunday is because we don't really stick passionately to the um, church calendar. But Epiphany Sunday is where we, um, traditionally where we celebrate the wise men arriving um, to encounter Jesus. Um, and if you missed our Christmas service, then you really missed out because um, that was quite a thing. And the, we had the wise men involved in that. But the thing that... I want to mention about that this morning is that these wise men come from the east and one of the things that I love about that is that way back in Genesis we see right at the beginning of Genesis we see this story of Adam and Eve in the garden in this relationship this deep personal relationship intimate relationship with God they spend time together they share the garden together they're in Um, in connection and in, in dialogue with each other all the time. And they're in this profound relationship with God. And God creates us to be in relationship with him. And very quickly what happens is that goes wrong, as we know. The story goes wrong. And when God sends them out of the Garden of Eden, they head east. And one of the things that we see in our Christmas story, the birth of Jesus... The birth of God becoming man, God with us, to restore the brokenness of Genesis. One of the things we see is these wise men coming from the east. And I think there's, a, there's an image there of, to remind us that this is about the restoration of what was broken way back in Genesis 3. As Adam and Eve headed east away from the garden, away from God. Now these men were coming back from the east to meet God. This relationship was being restored, and that is um, that is why I want to talk about today. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about relationship. I want to talk about this relationship that we have with God, and I want to talk about covenant. Now, covenant isn't something we discuss much in church. If you read your Bibles, you might come across the Word from time to time. and But we don't really talk about it a lot. But actually, through the Bible, there is this strong theme of covenant. And covenant is a really interesting idea that runs through the bible because we live in a world that is all about contract i give you this and you give me that if i give you this much money you will give me that item or those goods if i do this for you you do this for me it's a contract it's not about relationship really I don't have to have some deep relationship with the person I'm in contract with. It's just, about a, it's just about some exchange of goods or just about some agreement that we might have together. And we live in a contract world and we have a contract mentality which often comes into our faith. And so it's very easy to fall into the mindset that says, well, if I do this for God, God will do this for me. If I say the right prayer, if I believe the right things, if I do the right things, then God will make sure that I go to heaven. He'll forgive me my sins and I can go to heaven. We have a, and it can very easily become a sort of contract mentality. But the problem with that is, that's just, that's just an exchange of, I do this for you, you do this for me. And it's, there's no relationship in it. And what we see in in the Bible is this God who is always looking for relationship. And so we need to understand that covenant is different to contract. Because covenant is about relationship. Probably the best example, most relatable example that we might have today around covenant is marriage. You see, we make vows on our wedding day we make commitments to each other i will i promise to be faithful to you to love you to invest in you to to be true to you to stand by you no matter what and in return you promise to love me stand by me be faithful to me there is this there is this Relationship, there's this covenant between us that means that our lives will never be the same again. How I make decisions will change. My priorities change when I make those vows. Because covenant is all about relationship. If we just made these vows and it was a sort of a contract mindset, our well, marriages wouldn't be very good. We'd always be thinking, well, actually, you owe me this because you promised me this, and I need to make sure that I get what I get out of this deal. But when we see marriages going like that, those marriages don't seem to last very long, do they? When we approach our marriages with our priority to be that I need to get what I need out of it, that's usually a bad way for a marriage to function. Because covenant is about committing myself into this relationship. No matter what. Holy, fully, completely. And so covenant is a really big idea in the Bible. So we've talked about epiphany. That there is this idea in epiphany of the men coming from the east and restoring what was broken. So now I want to talk about the first covenant that we see in the Bible. And the first covenant that we see, because there are are four covenants I want to talk about today. um, Or five covenants I want to talk about today. The first covenant that we see is in the story of Noah and the flood. And this is a really important covenant. Because what happens in the Noah flood, I'm sure you know that, Man has become quite wicked and then God says, well, I'm going to flood the earth and I'm going to wipe out mankind and we're going to start again, but I'm going to save Noah and his family. So he tells Noah to build an ark to help them survive through the flood and he has to get him and his family. So eight of them get on this ark and then two of every kind of animal and then they all get on this ark and the flood comes and humanity is wiped out and Noah and his family and all these animals remain. And then they start again. But it might surprise you to know that flood stories, flood narratives, were not uncommon. The Jewish people weren't the only people to have a flood narrative. Lots of civilizations had their flood story. You can go to the British Museum and see stones that tell of different flood stories, a Mesopotamian flood story and the Babylonian flood story. And when the Old Testament was written, when this part of the Old Testament was written, actually it's believed that it was probably written when the Israelites were in exile in Babylon. And so they lived in this society, in this culture, that had, a, had their own flood story, that the gods had had enough, and that they, they flooded the earth, and they destroyed all the people and started again because man had become so wicked. So there was nothing new particularly about The Jewish people's flood story, the story that we see in the Bible. Except it ends differently. It ends differently. Let me show you. So it says, Then God said, at the end, as he got off the ark, it says, Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. This is huge. Because God says, I'm not going to be that God, one of those gods that comes and destroys the earth. I'm not going to be that God that just wipes out people and starts again because I've had enough. I'm not going to be that God anymore. Now, I am going to make a covenant with you. I am going to be in relationship with you. I am going to make a commitment to you. I will never do that again. There is a covenant between God and all mankind. I will not be one of those gods. This God is going to be different. This God is going to be about relationships. Long-term, everlasting commitments. This God wants to be in relationship with his people. He doesn't see people as things that can be got rid of and we start again because that didn't work. This God has a different plan. This God is about relationship. This is a profound shift in human understanding of what God was like. Before, God was this God who would just come and wipe out all people. But now God is saying... There's a new way to understand me now. I am about relationship. So this is a fundamental shift in how we understand um, what God is like. And it's a really important shift. And God said, This is a sign of a covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you. A covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. This covenant, the Noahic covenant, says that God is different. Now we move on. You see, because God demonstrates relentless movement towards intimacy and union. And he moves towards us and draws us towards him, always inviting us into participation and relationship. This is a different way to understand God. This isn't a God who's distant and abstract and off on his own. This is a God who is always moving towards us, always calling us into relationship with him, always moving towards us in love. And this is a new way to understand God. The second covenant is the Abrahamic covenant. You see, because Abraham was called out lived in a fairly wealthy country in a, in a, a, and he was fairly wealthy in that country and God called him out and said, come away from all the things you know, all the things you rely on, all the things that you put your faith in. Come away and go on a journey with me and I will make you a great nation. Your descendants will be like the, descendants, like the sand on the seashore, like the stars in a sky. Come and trust me and depend on me, and I will make a promise to you, that you I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to all the earth. Now I want to invite Joab to talk a little bit more about this covenant.
1: we're going to go oh hello we're going to go from genesis 15 which says after this the word of the lord came to abram in a vision do not be afraid abram i am your shield your very great reward but abram said sovereign lord what can you give me since i remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is a laser of damascus and abram said you have given me no children so a servant in my household will be my heir then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up to the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it, credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land and take possession of it. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer. A goat and a ram, each of three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. The birds of prey then came down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. And as the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. We'll skip on a little bit to 17, where it says, When the sun had set and the darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces." On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, To your descendants, I give this land on and on and on with some insights. Now what's going on here, apologies if you've heard me share this before, is um, God is making this promise to Abraham and Abraham is unsure. He's unable to see the promise that God's put ahead of him because he's like, how am I going to have all these descendants when I haven't got a child myself? Sorry, Isabel. Um, So God says, this is how you will know. And he makes a covenant with him. Now, a covenant in those days was an agreement between two parties. And I think the best way is if I actually show you. Steve Hart, can you be a make a covenant with me? You're going to stand over the back, just where you are. Um, in those days, a covenant would have been made between two parties who had gone to war. So, Steve and I have gone to war. Steve's won. And his family are, are stronger. And so me and my family and my people, are, are, we are surrendering to Steve's mighty nation. Oh, Steve. <laughs> and so the, the way that we would have done this is the animals, all the animals that have been listed there, uh, we would take the animals and they would have been cut in two down the center and placed either side of a ditch between the two people. And so the blood from the animals would sort of drip down into the ditch and it would all be a bit gross. We would stand at either end of the ditch and I would say to Steve, Oh Steve, you are majestic. (laughs) You are a great nation and I can't defeat you. So me and my family and my creatures and everything that I own, we will become part of your nation. And then what I would do is I would say we promise to be part of you. We promise not to defy you. We promise not to run away And then I would walk through the ditch with the animals either side of the blood, saying that to Steve. And that would be a symbol of saying, and if I break this promise, may my body be broken in two like these animals. And then Steve would say, Joe, thank you. You can become part of my family. Uh, We will look after you. We We will keep you safe. You will become just as one of ours. And then Steve would walk through the channel and as he walked through, he would be making the statement of the promise saying, and if I break this covenant, may my body be broken in two. Thank you, Steve. Yes. So what's, what's happening here is Abraham was doubting the promise that God had made to him. So God says, bring these animals, cut them in two, and God is offering to make this covenant agreement with him. But then what happens in this story, and this is the real knockout part of this story, is Abraham falls asleep. And then in his sleep, it says, When the sun had set and the darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Now, smoke was a symbol of God appearing to earth. We see the, the pillar of cloud that led the people through the desert. God appeared in smoke. Um, so that was like God revealing himself. God went through the animals saying to Abraham, This is my promise to you. I'm making this promise, and if I break this, May my body be broken in two. But what is so beautiful, in this moment, instead of Abraham getting up and walking through the, through the animals, it then says a flaming torch. Fire was another symbol. God was revealed in fire to Moses in the burning bush. God was revealed in a pillar of fire to the people. God passes through the animals again. And so God is saying to Abraham, and if you break this promise, may my body be broken in two. So not only is that God's promise, but even if we break that promise, or if Abraham broke that promise, he says, may my body be broken in two, which leads on ahead to that moment of Jesus coming, years and years, fulfilling that covenant, fulfilling that promise, body being broken, and saying, I am fulfilling this, even when you walk away, I will do that for you.
0: Thank you, Joe. So, this... um Um, so this covenant is a different covenant from the first one because the first one was sort of this universal it's to all people and it's to all creatures and then he has the Abrahamic covenant and this is very personal I will raise you up but I will raise you up to be a blessing and if I fail on this covenant may it be to me that my body is ripped in two but also if you fail on this covenant may it be That my body is ripped into. This is a this is a commitment, a very personal, relational covenant, so that Abraham has the confidence to step out to begin this family, to begin this nation that will become a blessing to the whole earth. The next covenant that we have is the Mosaic Covenant. This is probably one that we may be more familiar with. The Ten Commandments. When God brings the Israelites out of Egypt, he brings them to this point and then he gives them the law and he makes this covenant with them. And there's a quote that I want to read. It's actually from Deuteronomy, which is when God is reminding them of this law before they enter the promised land. And it says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. So that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This text, this conversation between God and his people, he's saying, look, I present before you life and death. I present before you blessings and curses. Choose life. Follow the law that I've laid out for you. Pursue this relationship with me. Remain faithful to me. And if you do, and as you do, then I promise you that life will flow, that blessings will flow. But when you step away from me, when you choose to not follow me, when you choose to follow other gods, when you choose to be unfaithful, then will come curses and death. This is a... This is a covenant that is conditional, actually very profoundly conditional. This is a covenant that is about culture. Now it's no longer a man and a family. This family has become a nation. And God is trying to instill in them a culture. He's saying, if you can build this culture of relationship with me, of love and devotion to me, then you will receive my love and devotion. You will receive my commitment. And you will receive life and blessings. But if you follow the gods of the land you're about to um, conquer, if you if you move away from me, if you forget about me, then the things that are going to come are going to be more painful. Not as punishment, but as consequence. And this and this covenant, this covenant is is a conditional covenant, but it's about setting and establishing a culture in his people, so that his people can be a, na- a blessing to the whole earth. But this is, again, quite a different covenant. We see this progression from this universal intention to bless all men and all creatures to a very personal, I will raise you up into a family, into a nation and I will make this commitment to you to see you blessed so you can be a blessing into a more conditional covenant with that nation saying, if you follow these ways, then life and blessing will flow. However, if you don't, then it's not going to work out well. We see this development, and we might think of this progress, this progression, as being something like um, courting or dating or relationships, where we start going out, and there's an element of commitment and, and there's an element of covenant there. You know, of faithfulness of um, I will be faithful to you for the duration of this relationship but you know let's see how it works out to a maybe a a proposal of well now actually you know I'm pretty pretty sure you're the one and I want to make this commitment and let's prepare to make this lifelong commitment to each other into then marriage which is this complete devotion to one another and we're seeing a same sort of progression of covenants between God and man these aren't just random covenants there is a progression here that is building towards something And it's building towards um, the next covenant, which is a Davidic covenant. A covenant between God and David, who is the king of Israel now. So this happens in Samuel. um, And God is making a covenant with David. And this again is a different covenant. Because the language in this one is about forever. And unconditional. There's no, well, if you don't do this, well, then this won't happen. It is just this commitment of, and let's have a look at it. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, it says, The Lord declares to you, David, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. You See, because David is talking about whether he should build this temple for for God. And God goes, no, that's not your job to do. Look, the Lord declares to you, David, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul whom I removed before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This covenant has a real permanence to it. This covenant is talking about forever. Unconditional and forever, this covenant is different. This covenant talks of a one coming who will establish the kingdom, who will establish the name, who will establish the seat. So when we see in Luke chapter 22, the night before Jesus' crucifixion, the night before his body is ripped in two and his blood pours into the ditch. We see Jesus with his disciples saying this. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. His body being ripped like bread being ripped in two. And he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, sometimes it's really easy to think that we can kind of fall into this trap of kind of thinking that well, we're Christians, we believe this story that happened two thousand years ago and you know, God's kinda of there if things go a bit tricky for us, and we might pray when things aren't going very well for us and and we miss You know, we can take communion because it's some sort of ritual that we do, or it's some sort of religious thing that we need to do, and only the good people get to do it, and the outsiders don't get to do it. And we can make this sort of we can make it a very religious thing, and entirely miss the point of what's going on here. Because when Jesus takes the bread and says, "This is my body, ripped in two for you," that tells. Of the story way back in Genesis. That tells of something that started back in Genesis 3 when the relationship was broken, but now the relationship is being restored. That tells of a God who is always moving towards relationship and intimacy and love, who is always reaching out to us. That tells of a God who wants to be in relationship with us and a God who says if I break this covenant may my body be ripped in two and if you break this covenant may my body be ripped in two. That tells of a God who says that one is coming and my kingdom will be established forever. My throne will be established and he will bring a new covenant of relationship between you and and God, between God and humanity. One that is unconditional. One where God covers it. He covers our disobedience. He covers our rebellion. He covers our breaking of the covenant. He covers it and says, this is for you. For the benefit of all mankind. For the benefit of all creation. And this cup... Is the new covenant. Which is the fulfillment and the development. And the progression of all the previous covenants that we've seen. That you will be my children. That you will be co-heirs with Christ. That we are invited. Not to believe something that happened 2000 years ago. And believe a story and follow some rituals. But we are invited into relationship with a God who is always looking for relationship. We are invited into a relationship of intimacy and connection with a God who is always moving towards intimacy and love. And this is sealed within us by the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit residing in us To draw us closer to our Creator, to draw us closer to this God who is always moving towards love and relationship and intimacy. This Holy Spirit that is moving within us to bring about His kingdom in us and through us to be a blessing to all people and all nations. We are a people of covenant, not just of religion. We are a people of covenant. So this morning, I want to invite the musicians up. And as the musicians come up, I I want our response to be a little bit different. And you might be thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if we had communion this morning? But I'm not having communion this morning. I actually want our response to be a bit different this morning. We are covenant people and that covenant is sealed within us with the holy spirit but i wonder this morning maybe our relationship with god has become a bit contractual rather than covenantal i wonder this morning whether maybe we've we've become a bit religious Rather than loving. And as we start this new year. With this sense of anticipation of all the things God is doing. With this sense of maybe confusion about some of the things that are going on around us. And how do they fit into what God's promised. As we enter this new year. I want to invite you this morning to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be refreshed to be renewed with the Holy Spirit because now look you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit before but maybe it's just got a little tepid maybe it's got a little dry maybe it's got a little well I remember when 15 years ago do you remember that day? Maybe it's become a story of the past rather than a a relationship of the present. So what I'm going to do is, as a musician's play, I'm going to invite the leadership team to come to the front and maybe stand across the front. And I want us this morning to come forward for prayer. We don't have to get into details. We don't have to get into just to be prayed for, to receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit to be renewed this morning, to be refreshed this morning, to flow freely this morning, to break through things that maybe have held us and bound us for a long time. As we start this new year, let's start this new year as covenantal people. As people who are refreshed and renewed with the Spirit of God inside them. And it might be that you're visiting this morning. It might be that this, isn't, this is something that you've not experienced before. It might be that um, you've never made that commitment before. It might be this morning you want to make that commitment and say, okay, let's start the new year this way. Let's see how this goes. What does it look like to be a people in relationship with our Creator? So if we can have the leaders step up. why don't we have a couple of the Brazilian um, leaders step up too so if you're Brazilian you can be prayed for too or if you just want to be prayed for by a Brazilian great you don't have to understand it just receive the blessing and then when you're ready come forward a little bit like communion You know, when we're lining up, a little bit like communion. Come forward and be prayed for this morning, just to receive the Holy Spirit, and then let's see what happens. Okay? Amen? Are we up for this? A few nervous amens. You're like, okay, maybe, I think so. Don't be forced. But why would we not want the refreshing and the renewing of the Holy Spirit? Why would that not be our prayer? Why are we here this morning? If it's not to know God more. If it's not to encounter more of the Spirit. So, when you're ready, step up, step forward. Here we go.